What is happening, sports fans? Welcome back to another installment of San Diego Prep Insider. And my summer has officially gotten better now uh, because on the other end of the Blast Radius Coffee Hotline, we have a back-to-back CIF champ in DJ Ralph. Uh, he is looking to uh, add at least one more. Um, DJ, you going to pick up another sport this year, maybe try and add two or three more CIF championships this season? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to play baseball this year, so you know, maybe maybe I can pull out two this year. So, yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> Very nice. We'll see if maybe we can get you to just like sit on the bench with the basketball team also, just kind of round out the whole yes, hand, sir. just, just yes, have a, a fistful of CIF rings. He is the starting quarterback <laughs> at Cathedral Catholic. How's your summer been, man? Uh, it's been really great, you know, just uh, going through summer workouts. It's been a grind, but, you know, it's a lot of fun bonding with the team and just doing better each day. It's just a fun process. Now, I mean, Cathedral Catholic is considered to be the standard, if not one of the standards. I'm trying not to step on any specific toes here, but just tell us a little bit about, like, summer workouts there, I'm assuming, are a little bit next level with Coach Doyle and the staff that he has installed. You guys are probably never like a down day or down moment. You guys are working pretty much nonstop all summer. Oh, definitely, man. It's just, it's just different over there. Um, the, we take so much pride in our workouts and, uh, you know, when we step on the field, it's a hundred percent. We're not, we're not there. We don't wake up at, at 5am every day. It's just, just be there. We wake up to work and, um, you know, we're, we're working every day to be, not just to be the best in San Diego, but to be one of the top teams in the nation that each year. So we take pride in that. And, you know, that's our, we have that out there. We have that. We're focused on that each and every day. Now that has come with a, a certain amount of of results. The last season for you being CIF champs, making it a you know a deep state run. You guys are one of the few teams that you know when you step out of the section, it's it's not the cherry picked. Uh, let's play some team from Arizona that desperately needs a, a, a game or let's let's get a D7 or 18 from the southern section. You know, you're playing Narbons, you're playing uh, Gard- Sarah Gardenias, you're playing the bigs of the bigs. And, and that's got to be a certain you know, a source of pride for you, but that's also got to be a, a different kind of challenge that it, it's hard to understand that level of competition before you've actually faced it on the field once. Oh, I, I love it. I love when, um, you know, we come up with that new schedule, Doyle, Doyle schedule people outside of San Diego, top teams, you know, it's just fun. It's, it's great to know that you're competing with some of the top players in the nation. And, and we've, we've kept up with them, but like, just like last year, we kept up with Sarah, we kept up with Narbonne, uh, Folsom. It's a lot of fun. This year we got, um, Figaro out of Arizona and they won, I think like five straight state championships. And then we got Centennial with three. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's basically you guys have a different heavyweight fight every single season uh, or every single week. It, I mean, you open with LCC, which is no joke. You have Helix at Helix. You have East. I, I mean, the, the ins and the outs of the schedule are just absolutely insane. And uh, I mean, for you, well, to, to give kind of people the, the perspective, you were at El Camino. You won a CIF championship there. That's up in the Avocado League. That's no joke of football, but it's still is another jump to be coming up to play at this level. Am I, am I right in that? Oh, definitely, yeah. And when I was at El Camino, I, um, I was playing more of a – I wasn't really starting, but I was getting a couple series here and there in the games. And coming into the starting job at Cathedral, it was 
it was really cool being, um, you know, a part of everything. And it was just on my shoulders and our team's shoulders to, you know, play these top teams. And it, it was definitely a jump. We played a lot of good teams, you know, but, you know, we just, it's a, it's a different level where we're at. And, um, you know, we just, we just, we want to be the best. Well, speaking of being the best and being at a different level, you had Sean Poma on your team last year. I'm assuming you're sure. going to say that he was the best running back in San Diego. I, I think that there's a list of two or three that a lot of people like to argue about. I think that he's one of the most underrated backs in the last decade here in San Diego. Um, but that certainly took a, an element of the offense and was like, we're going to run, run, run. So as, as a quarterback, is that is that a nice tool to have? Or are there moments where you're like, oh, man, I wish he didn't run for 40 yards on that one. Just, just, <laughs> just go down after 20, man. Let me throw a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I love the throw, and it's just a thing to love the throw. But when you're in the game, and you know, we're we're battling a team. Like, we'll look at the Narbonne game. We're uh, we're tied late in the game, and um, we're just driving down the field. And you know, Sean would break a a 30 yard run. He was just so clutch. You know, it was just it was amazing to play with him on the field. And um, you know, he's he's definitely one of a kind. And no, you you don't. I for me, I don't think about that. You know, when we're when we're in the game, I'm not really thinking about myself. I just we're getting down the field and we're trying to score, and that's all we're really thinking about. But you know, definitely would love to throw, but you know, just get it down there. All right. Well, I got to ask you. You bring up that Narbon game. Uh, for those of you that missed it, I don't know how you would have missed it either in person or on social media. But you guys were down. You were up. You, it was a really like a great back and forth. It was. It was as good of a football game as you football like just it had all the aspects of it but in the end it comes down to a Jalen die interception like like where were you on the sideline when you saw that moment like walk us through the emotions of like of like how you experienced that moment man that was that was uh once in a lifetime experience I was standing uh right on the 20 I I remember it picture by picture I was right on the 20 yard line I'm thinking all right well they're just gonna they're going to try to score here and then they're going to kick a field goal and tie it. So we're, I'm thinking about overtime and um, he throws the ball and I just see Jalen come out of nowhere and intercept it. And I just, I just didn't know what to, I was just frozen. I was like, wow. It was, it was ridiculous. And then we're on the one yard line. Like I just got to take this knee and then we're done. <laughs> but man, that was, that was one of the most clutch plays I've ever seen in my life. And it was just a, that was the moment he'll remember for the rest of his life, and I'll definitely remember it. Now, did you life. know that it was an intercept? Did you have any doubt about whether or not he got his feet in, or did you? You're like, yes, he oh, did it. I saw it. I saw it perfectly. I saw it perfectly. He was both feet down, and he was. I, I knew it was down. <laughs> I knew he sealed it right there. Because I, I was about four feet away from it when it happened, and I even was a little like overwhelmed with the moment of of wait, 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 wait. I got to go back and watch the footage of that. That just happened. That seems like that's something that you only do in Madden when you're just really feeling yourself. But, it, I mean, that was an amazing game. Oh, yeah. And, and, and That's not a play you see much. <laughs> oh, no, never. Uh, and, and, I mean, you guys end up going up to play Folsom in overtime, and, and you can never discount a state championship game run. So a, a great season for you. But, like I said, it was your second championship in a row. So you're looking for third potential title in a row. For you personally, how do you find it you know, how do you find it in yourself to keep elevating the expectations? What I mean, I know your dad is a, is a longtime football coach, so I, I'm sure that that carries around a little bit of it. But internally, how do you keep finding that next gear? Um, you know, for me, it's just, you just got to be driven. And at this point, you know, I've been there two years of having 
having success. It's just there's you, you can only you can either get better, or you can't, or you can get worse, and there's really no in between. And um, you know, I just I think about that every day, and I think that I just need to keep working to get better each day. And uh, you know, you just can't. A motive for me is just uh, you can't get complacent because everyone else is working, and um, you know, you just gotta you just gotta, always got to think you got someone right behind you, and you got to outwork them. So that, that motto, that, that drive has paid off and colleges have started to take notice. You officially have started the, the receiving offers. Uh, you have New Mexico, correct? Yes, sir. I just got that. I got that May 5th, I believe. What was that uh, experience like? Um, we, had a, we had a workout that morning and uh, there was about like seven or eight colleges there. And I was just, I woke up that morning and I was just, I was really felt good. And, you know, I felt confident and, um, you know, I was throwing really well and, I just I felt a blessing was coming soon, and the coach came up to me, and you know he he offered me, so it was just a very unique experience, and uh, it was awesome. Loved it. Now you say you woke up feeling good that morning. Is there a specific game day ritual routine? Do you have the same music? Do you have the the right meal? Do you have the lucky <laughs> headband, the socks? Are you a, are you a superstitious guy at all? Oh, definitely, hundred percent. You know, game day. I, I come to school. I, I don't get I don't get too too pumped up early. I listen to some nice calm music all uh, during the day. I'll just be nice and relaxed. And then um, we have a after school we have a team mass and we eat together. And right after our team mass, that's when I start getting really focused. And you know, I'm just locked in. So what's the calm music? I mean, are you just listening to, to calm like, music? Yeah, like what kind of calm music are you oh, doing? Like can... instrumental soundtracks? Or are you doing just like jazz? Or what are you doing? What are you listening to? I can. I'll go all over the place. I'll go from uh, you know, from like Chance the Rapper to uh, I'll be all over the place. I'll start from Chance the Rapper and I'll end out with anything. And you know, just like, <laughs> just just really staying just calm and just you know, just not not trying to make the um, not trying to make the game bigger than it needs to be. And then when it comes to actual game time, is, is Cathedral setup? You got one speaker in the locker room playing music for everybody. Oh yeah, and yeah. It, before it, the game, it, about like fifteen minutes before, uh, or like warm ups and early outs. You know, we're all just getting hyped. And do they let together. you that's control that, or or do you defer cool. to someone else? <laughs> oh, I don't control it. Um, I don't know who was our who was our speaker guy last year, but something good's usually on, and we just got it going. Because I feel like a lot of the people I talk to, they usually actually go, I don't want that responsibility. I want to steer clear of, of, of I, you know, my music. I don't trust that the whole team's going to end up liking it. <laughs> and, and it kind of, it, it yeah. ends up being a little bit of a scary thing. So you, you get that Yeah, first, well, you got to please the crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all. And the linemen don't like the same thing that the, the, the DBs like. <laughs> and usually linebackers are really insane people and they like aggressive, up-tempo. Yeah, it, it's hard to please everyone. Um, the only thing it's you know fair, is that yeah. you don't have to care about the kickers. <laughs> Although I guess Janet Cow- Dean came up big for you guys last year, so maybe you do have to care about the oh, kickers. Definitely. Um, definitely, Dean was a huge role in our in our stay run last year. He's a very key key player for us. So you pick up the first offer, and, and I'm assuming that kind of takes a little bit of the, the the weight off your shoulders, the pressure of feeling like when is it going to start to happen? Oh, 100 um, percent. You know, I've I've always I've talked to a lot of schools prior to this, and uh, you know, I was just it's just sometimes when you don't get the offer, you, you question, you know, like, man, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm still working. Is this, is it going to happen? And you just keep thinking about it. And then once it comes, it's just, yeah, definitely weight off your shoulder. And then got to keep working, keep working for more. 
All right, so I, I want to break from football for a little bit, and let's get let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some questions to to help people get to know DJ Ralph. First one I got uh, right, is is what is your your number one dip? Are you a salsa guy? Are you a guac guy? Are you what are you dipping your chip in? Wow, that's a that's a big question right there. Um, if I got chips, I'm I'm gonna go for guacamole probably right away. Guacamole. Uh, if I got fries, I'm a big I'm a big ranch guy. So if I'm eating fries, I'll I'll definitely first thing I go to is ranch. So yeah, ranch and guacamole are probably up there for my top top couple. What was the last television show DJ Ralph or is is currently binging? Last television show. Uh, well, I started watching uh, Stranger Things with my sister when she came out the other day. But um, prior to that, I was watching The Hundreds on Netflix. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a very good show. Underrated. It is. I, there's a lot of good shows on Netflix that I think that are underrated uh, yeah. that, that people don't want to just put in the time to. Uh, are, are you starting season one of Stranger Things or, or have you made it through that and you're on to season two? Well, I've season three just came out, but I haven't watched the show in so long. So I kind of like, I watched a little recap of season one and two and then we started up season three. So I watched a quick little like YouTube video of what I need to know for season three and then got into it. Favorite pro athlete growing up? Favorite pro athlete growing up? Um, uh, for football, I would definitely say um, definitely Keenan Allen. I mean, that's a little more recent, but I've just always loved how that guy plays. You know, I'm a big Chargers fan, so, you know, I've always grown up player. I was a big fan of him. Just got a lot of swag, so I like how he plays. Still a Chargers fan, even after they leave San Diego? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Love the Chargers. Fair enough. I'm a little bummed, but, you know, I had to stick with them. I, they're going to they're gonna pull up the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. What is some hidden talent that pe- if people only know you from football, what might people be surprised to know that DJ Ralph is good at? I mean, this is a little related to football, but uh, I'm unstoppable in Madden. Not a lot of people can beat me in Madden. Pretty good. Okay, so that goes into my next question. Uh, what D, what video game is DJ Ralph the best? Are you going to go with Madden? Yeah, Madden, hundred percent Madden. No, no game comes in like no other. It's 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 is it a, you do it with the Chargers nonstop, or can you beat anybody with any team? Any team, I'll go from um, my my top teams. I just play with are the Ravens, the Texans. Um, I'm pretty nice with the. I can play with the Browns too. I'm I'm kind of I'll go all over the place. I'll just match up with whoever's playing me. I'll let them pick first, and then. I'll just pick them apart. <laughs> Favorite sport that isn't football? Baseball, for sure. I grew up um, my whole life. I played I played baseball up until um, my freshman year. I didn't play sophomore year, but I played freshman year on varsity when I was at El Camino. So I played my whole life before that, and then I just took a little break. But I think I'm going to pick it up, back up next year, pretty sure. Okay, okay, very nice, very nice. Um, do you know what position you want to play this year? Are you going to try uh, – uh, pitcher, what what are you? First baseman, pitcher. I'm all, I'm all, I mean, I can I can hit a little bit too, but you know my strength's always been throwing. I'm a pretty good pitcher, so I think I could I could probably go out and hopefully make spot. Uh, favorite class in uh, during school. Favorite class. Like like, like I have to say math. Um, I've always been interested in math. So I I had a really cool math teacher this year, Miss Laporte. So she was a lot of fun. Um, Helped me really enjoy the class a lot more. So it was definitely a class I looked forward to every other day and a lot of fun. 
Are you a scary movie or a comedy guy? Oh, I like them both, but I love scary movies. I'm a big scary movie guy. <laughs> okay, what's the best scare? What what's the, what's one of the favorite scary movies? Favorite scary movies. Um, I gotta say, uh, the the Insidious movies and the Conjuring movies. Those are those are some really good ones. Um, yeah, those are definitely up there. Uh, I haven't seen Annabelle. Yeah, I gotta go see that soon. Yeah, check that one out. You can get back to me with, with a quick synopsis of that because I cannot do it, man. I am I am too much of a cow. I'm a baby <laughs> on that on that front. That Annabelle one looks terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, they're, I mean, yeah, they're definitely they leave me kind of hard to leave the theater after I get a little scared. But I got to go with a couple of people so I can walk out a little more confident. But yeah, definitely love scary movies. Deal. Um, let's, let's, we can switch back to football a little bit on this because I want to know, uh, we talked about your father earlier being a football coach. He spent a long time at St. Augustine uh, working there. Any, uh, you know, I, I, I know your dad loves and supports you 100% over anything else, but is, is there any sort of a, of a, of a family irony lingering uh, a conflict <laughs> of, of having to be like, Dad, we got to destroy Saints this week? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, he went to uh, uni. So when he when he went to uni for high school, which is cathedral now, and um, so when he went over to coach at Saints, there was already like an irony that wow, he's coaching at Saints when he when he went to high school at uni. And he co- he coached a couple of years there. He was an assistant coach there when he was younger, and so he went over there. And then um, I remember being a little kid running around on the sidelines when he was coaching. I was always like hanging out with the quarter. I was always. I was always supposed to be a quarterback because I was hanging out with uh, the fourth years when they were when they were in high school. My dad was coaching them. I, I remember that they were always playing with me. But um, not really. No, it's just it's it's really funny how we went back and forth, and how we both ended up back at Cathedral. He's coaching the wide receivers there right now. Well, it, it is kind of I, I I think that you just bring up a, a I'm just fascinated with the uni to Cathedral transition because have, have you seen I'm assuming you've seen the jerseys that uni used to wear with the, the, the sort of Sarah colors of the, the, the brown and or yellow, the brown and yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather wear those colors or do you like uh, the cathedrals red and yellow scheme? I'll stick with the, what we got now <laughs> for sure. I'll stick with what we got. And you guys have the red and yellow. You guys have, uh, I, I feel like a pretty classic setup. You don't mess around with the jerseys too much. Uh, the helmets being the main difference. So do you have, one look that you like the best out of what you guys rock? Um, we, well, we would, we would, we usually go all the same color. We would go like all red and then all white for our away games. Um, but for, you know, when we were playing, when, uh, some of the LA teams came down, like when, uh, when Sarah came down, when Narbonne came down, we wore the red and white. We mixed it up a little bit. You know, we always played with them. I felt like we had a little more swagger with that. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit of fun. We, yeah, those are like our big games. We would go in the red and white. So looking ahead to this season, and and you can completely skip over the cliches of, oh, they're going to be a good team. They're going to play tough. But people don't need to hear that. But just for you personally, what's the mindset going into this season? Where is the bar set? What are you trying to achieve senior year? Senior year, um, well, top goal is another state, going for another state championship run. And, um, you know, we really don't want to lose it this year. We just, our goal is to win a state championship, win open division, and um, that's what we're set at. But you know, it's my senior year, and I just want to—I just want to make it a year to remember for me personally. Um, 
you know, just had a lot of fun. Because high school football is so different than college football, you know, I just want to enjoy my last year. Because um, once you go to college, it's more of a job. This is more, this is more fun, and you know, with your with your boys, just out there grinding. But um, definitely, just you know, just leaving it all out there, and um, yeah, just having a great year. Any chance Doyle's going to let you switch up to a five wide, uh, throw the ball nonstop with, with no Poma this year, or are we going to see a little bit more of the same? Um, <laughs> I don't know about the five wide, but um, you know, I'm hoping we'll we'll probably toss the ball around a little more this year. Uh, we still got some good backs coming back, but you know, I, whatever works. You know, it's it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. So. You know, we've we've been doing pretty well with it. But uh, I think we'll throw a little more this year, hopefully. Deal. I'm not going to say we're going to hold you to that because I, I don't ever get a positive reaction out of Coach Doyle whenever I try to, uh, to <laughs> talk too much actual football. Uh, great dude. Like, one of the all-time legends. What's it like playing for him? Oh, it's so much fun, man. He's, a, he's not only just a great coach, he's just a great guy off the field, you know, if you He's really, he's really, uh, he's really there for the players. It's not like he's just there to, um, you know, just only football. If you, if you have stuff going on outside of football, he's there for you, and um, he really cares. And uh, you know, he, what is, what is really shown the last couple years, he just, he, he sets you up more than just football. He really sets you up for life. Um, you know, he just helps you uh, develop that mindset of just, you know, wanting to be great and everything you do, not just football, but in life in general. I was going to say, it almost seems like so little of his focus is football. Like the, the, the assistant coaches can handle that. The culture handles that. You guys are all there knowing that it's about football anyway, that he's just so focused on the rest of the aspects of you as people and, and young men. And I, I just kind of sometimes watch in awe of how does he re- remain so calm? Like there, there is so much pressure and angst around being this winning of a team this late in a season, this many games. And I'll never forget. There was one time that I was talking to him before one of the Holy Bulls a couple years ago. I was still admittedly kind of young and early into the media game. And I, I was trying to try to finesse out a good quote, you know, Oh, really psyched about this game. We're going to be, and I, I said something to him like, coach, you know, how excited are you for this game? And he turned and looked at me, he goes, as excited as I have been for the last 28 of these. And it was just completely like, he's happy about it, but there, there is nothing bigger or lesser about any game or any player or any kid that he's ever, you know, ever coached, ever interacted with. It just seemed like that genuinely was him and who he is. And it must just be a, yeah. a lot of fun to be part of his circle, his sphere, just be around him. Definitely. That's so spot on because, um, he, he always preaches to us that, uh, you know, it's just a game. Um, no matter if it's a state championship or a week one game, you know, it's still a football game. You can't make it bigger than what it is. And, um, you know, I've stuck by that. And I think it, it definitely plays a role on us, how calm he is. It, it reflects on us. Like, we were down two touchdowns in the in the Torrey Pines game in the first quarter, and there was not one lick of stress on his face. And, you know, that just that reflects on us, and it, it just – it shows on the field. It just passes down the energy. So you're just kind of like, oh, Coach, we should be stressed right now. And he's like, yeah, we'll be fine. We got this. <laughs> not not, not necessarily like that, but, you know, he's just, he, he has brought it to us that it's just, you know, we need to stay. If you stay composed, things, things will work a lot better. 
I mean, it certainly does seem like uh, maybe that's a lesson that a lot of other coaches could take. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of, and, and, and I, you probably try to tune out all this, but all the noise on social media, all the clamoring for, you know, you know, we deserve to be number nine, not number 10. You know, we need to this, we need to that. Like, <laughs> if, I feel like there's so much uh, pressure, stress, angst put on some of these situations where, it, where you know, you just, I feel like a lot of people need to realize, hey, look, take a step back and realize this is just week three of this season. Let's just go out there and have some fun. And that's how you're really going to play your best football is when you're not stressing over every yeah. inch and every down and you're just, let's learn something from this play. Let's learn something from this situation. Let's get a little bit better. Exactly. I love the, I love seeing the uh, social media talk, you know, just sitting back and watching. Um, I think it's hilarious to be honest because, um, you know, we, we try to, we try to stay off Twitter completely, just not get involved with any of it, but we stay quiet and just kind of let people talk and just kind of just keep working. But it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a, well, so, okay, so does, does coach have rules for it? Do you guys have any actual rules, or is it just a, a sort of an understanding of, hey, let's avoid getting caught up in anything. Let's just see what people are saying, write that down, store that one away, uh, or, or is there an actual rule of, hey, stay off social media on these kind of game days or something like um, that? I wouldn't say there's necessarily rules, but, uh, you know, we yeah, we just kind of have a standard that it's, we feel like we just know where we're at, and then if we're – if we're stooping down to other people talking on Twitter and, you know, social media, then it's just, it's reflecting our program and it just doesn't look good. So, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, so it's not really written down in anywhere or anything, but it's just a, it's just something we all know. Well, I have absolutely mad respect for you guys. Um, I, I, I can't call myself a kid anymore. Uh, I'm only 28, but I am far enough away from your generation to, it, it's a different kind of world. Twitter was in its infancy when I was in high school that we had Facebook, but it wasn't, we just didn't have the communal social media that we do right now. You know, if, if you knew a player, you knew like one player on another team, really, you didn't know anybody. You just were able to be insulated in your bubble of we've watched film on this team, but we haven't seen anything or heard anything that they're specifically saying about us. And now I feel like it, it, it's hard to not, at least know something about another team and know something about who on that team has been saying something like, like stuff trickles back to you, even if you're not directly following them. So I, I have a ton of respect for athletes like you guys. Cause uh, we saw some stuff, especially against your game against Tory Pines get a little ugly on social media. And I feel like that can take a very positive moment in your life and just put this weird negative spin on it. So I, I have a lot of respect for you guys growing up in, in what must be kind of a stressful environment at times. Oh, definitely. It can be. It can definitely be stressful sometimes. You know, you. I've gotten tweets. I've been tweeted at before a game, and I've gotten some stuff on Twitter. And you know, it's just you just gotta put your focus on what's important. That's that's what I really think about. And you're just like I got what, like I get it that you want to talk trash, but what is this DM doing to me? Like, why did you take the time to write this? <laughs> get out of here with this nonsense. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, it's uh, it's it's a lot of the time it's not that serious. You know, it'll be like a buddy saying something to me, and I'll, I'll know that. But you know, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting with the social media. Although at the same time, I've I've interviewed a lot of kids uh, in the last couple of weeks who have been saying that it's sort of a necessary thing that that's how they get their film out to coaches. That's how they interact with college teams and programs, and that's kind of how they get a little bit of that recruiting going. So. Do you sort of have that oh, same 100%. approach? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. That's 
that's definitely what I mainly use, uh, you know, Twitter for and stuff. But, and that's that's what's connected me with most of the coaches I've been talking to. Um, you know, that's such an easy way for them to access your film and kind of see what you're about, too. They can just go through your profile and just, you know, get to know you a little better. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely uh, it's definitely an advantage for sure, um, you know, getting your film out there and all your retweets, you know, if a, if a site posts a video of you, you know, at a camp or anything like that, you can retweet it. All your coaches follow you. Can see it. It definitely boosts your recruiting for sure. So would you say to your younger self slash anyone out there right now who's listening, uh, who is seventh grade through sophomore year and, and just trying to get themselves started in the recruiting game that – you know, be re- be responsible, but be your be your best ally. Be aggressive on Twitter. Use that to help build your own profile. Don't wait for someone to come recruit you. Uh, definitely, definitely towards you know when you're getting in your sophomore year, like your junior year of high school. But honestly, before that, I would just say you know enjoy the game. Um, don't don't think because once you start thinking about the recruiting process, it gets a little. It gets a little less fun, and you're more you're more thinking about getting to the next level, and you're not just enjoying the game the sheer love of it. But definitely, once you're at that point where you're ready to, and you know you want to go to the next level, you know you definitely it'll definitely help you for sure. Now the 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 other big thing that I've been kind of talking with everybody across the board this summer is seven on seven. It has become in the last few years almost. It seems like almost as important as regular football. So many programs place so much importance on, oh, we won all these different tournaments. We won all those different tournaments. You guys are a pretty run-heavy offense at Cathedral, so you're not out there necessarily flexing in that same fashion in 7-on-7, but you see what this is. You've been a part of this kind of stuff. Do you think that there is extreme importance on 7-on-7? Because as a quarterback, I'm assuming you enjoy being able to throw to receivers as much as you can. But do you really place much stock in it, or or are you just, hey, this is fun to do, and let's really not put too much in it until we get the pads on? Um, You know, for for Cathedral, for when when we go out on on 7-on-7, our focus is, you know, clicking, Um, getting the offense to click, getting time down. We could care less, you know, 0-4 in the tournament or whatever. You know, if we're competing and we're clicking on offense and our timing, you know, just knowing the plays, that's what we're. That's what our focus is on um, to set us up for the season. Because you, you know, you, sometimes you'll see, you'll see teams running formations in seven on seven that they will never run one run. Like they'll never run it in the season. You know, we're running plays straight out of our playbook, and um, they'll translate straight onto the field. But it definitely, it definitely helps um, if you use it the right way. Uh, if, they, if you hype it up too much, you know how you see it sometimes, uh, you know, it can be ineffective. But if you're really, if, as a quarterback especially, if you're really taking your right drops and, you know, actually making football reads, and, and which will improve your game in the actual game, then, yeah, it can, it, can definitely, it can definitely help you for sure. I was talking to Gunnar Gray a little bit earlier today, the quarterback at University City, and, and he said that he ultimately – he likes it, but it just still, he can't get too comfortable in it because he knows that nothing replaces that feeling of someone's coming from your blind side and you have to avoid it and you can't get too confident and, oh, I can fit this in to that window of time to that receiver because uh, really nothing uh, nothing replaces it. You are a left-handed quarterback, though, so your blind side is flipped around. Um, has your it's offensive it. line adjusted to that just fine? Uh, d- does your right tackle stress at all about being the the most important person on the line now instead of the left tackle? 
<laughs> no, no. Um, you know, we, me and the old lineman, man, we got a good connection. Uh, you know, we all, we both trust each other. And, uh, you know, I've never had any worries about them. They've never had any stress. Because so it's, it's not, not it's, as interchangeable as I think like a lot that. of people assume it is. It, it, you know, doing right and left tackle, right and left guard is not, oh, it's just right and left. It's a, it's the, all the steps are reversed. So being able to switch guys around on that exactly. line, it's, it's a little tough at times. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, you know, especially if you have last year, I'm trying to, it was, uh, it was the, it was the state championship game. Uh, one of our, one of our uh, guards, I think it was Ross. Ross got a cramp or something, and um, he had to come out for a minute, and we had to put, we had to switch our left guard to right guard, and then that new kid went in at left guard, and our tight end to t- tackle. It was just whole different. Everyone moved around, so it's, it's definitely, it's a. Uh, it, and you could see it in the next couple of plays. They were everything was a little shaken up a little bit. So it was, yeah, for sure, it's a, it's a different thing if you switch positions. My last question before we let you get out of here: Just uh, in the last couple of years of football in San Diego, there's been a lot of movement in divisions, in leagues, in all this kind of who plays what, where, what matters. One thing that has remained relatively the same throughout all of this is the Western League: Cathedral, Saints, Point Loma, Madison, Lincoln. What is it like having just murderers row for your league games and every weekend and week out feeling like we got to play teams that we know because we're going to play them every year, teams that our school just has a good, natural, true rivalry? Like, What's it like playing in that Western League? Western League's a lot of fun. Um, this year, I think it was definitely You know, you got Saints coming back. It's basically the same team as last year. They were solid last year. Um, you know, Lincoln's on the come up. They've been uh, they've been grinding. You know, they'll they'll definitely be a solid team. So that'll be a lot of fun. It's always good competition. You know, you get you play through your first couple games and you get to league. It's just a it's a different battle for sure. Um, especially with our tough schedule, we'll go through that, and then it doesn't get any easier with league. And that you know that's our that's our first that's the first goal is winning league. So that's a big thing for us. But um, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun though. It's always fun playing the best teams and. Um, competing with them it's always a lot of fun i had a great time last year playing them and i'm assuming you would take hardest competition you can get over winnable five games just to tune them up and get ready for playoffs oh definitely hardest competition um you know it's it's just it's a privilege privilege to play the best teams um you know it's it's just a lot of fun and especially when you got a team that compete can compete with them it's a it's just a blessing, you know, to play the best teams and, you know, win or lose, it's just, it's fun to leave it all out there knowing that we played a really good team and we, we just gave it all we could. Well, giving it all he could, or all he can, all he could, that's horrible English on my part. I apologize for that. But giving it everything he has has <laughs> led to back-to-back CIF championships. He's looking for number three with football season this year, number four with I'm going to say basketball season. We're going to make a, we're going to make that happen on Twitter. We're going to make that hashtag uh, uh, DJ on the bench or DJ from three or something like that. Uh, maybe even a baseball one. DJ, where can they find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is ddj ralph with two H's at the end, and then uh, my Twitter is dj ralph seven. All righty. Well, he is the quarterback for the Cathedral Catholic Dons. I will finish this with hashtag Roll Dons. Thank you very much for joining us. Go catch him this season because they are going to be up to something big. They start the season off against LCC at Cathedral Catholic, and it just gets bigger from there. Thank you very much for joining us, DJ. Thank you very much for joining us, sports fans. 
I'm Christian Pedersen. The show is SD Prep Insider. We'll talk to you soon.